This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 177 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, Announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1991. Dinosaurs premiered on ABC on April 26, 1991, at 8.30 p.m. Like the Flintstones, a satire of modern life set in the past, this time with puppets. The show is set in the years 60 million and 3 B.C. on the supercontinent of Pangaea. We meet the Sinclair family. There's a lot of references to oil companies. Dinosaurs turned into fossils turned into oil. Get it? Father Earl, the voice of Stuart Pankin. Mother Fran, the voice of Jessica Walters, Robbie, age 14, Jason Willinger, Charlene, age 12, Sally Struthers, and baby Kevin Clash. There's also Grandma Ethel, Florence Stanley, Earl's buddy Roy Hess, Sam McMurray, and boss B.P. Richfield, Sherman Hemsley. We covered Stuart Pankin on episode 87 for the San Pedro Beach Bums, Jessica Walters on episode 124 for Three's a Crowd, Sally Struthers on episode 58 for All in the Family, Florence Stanley on episode 84 for Fish, Sam McMurray on episode 108 for Baker's Dozen, and Sherman Hemsley on episode 74 for The Jeffersons. Kevin Clash got into puppetry at an early age and by his teens was plying his trade in a local Baltimore kids show. He met a designer for the Muppets and wound up appearing as Cookie Monster in a Macy's Thanksgiving Parade float, where he met Jim Henson. He did puppetry for Captain Kangaroo and had to turn down an offer to appear in the film The Dark Crystal due to TV obligations. When the captain hung up his cap, Clash got involved in Sesame Street and the film Labyrinth. In 1985, he took over what was then a minor background Muppet, Elmo. Clash's performance moved the red-furred monster into the forefront and eventually making Elmo a star. Clash would become senior puppeteer on Sesame Street while doing work both inside the Henson-verse, Follow That Bird, Muppet Treasure Island, Muppets from Space, Muppets Tonight, and outside it. The Great Space Coaster... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Voice of Splinter, Blues Clues, and Veggie Tales, while performing Elmo in guest spots all over. It all ended when Clash was accused of sexual relations with a minor. Despite the charge being later dismissed due to statute of limitations, Clash left the Jim Henson Company. A few years later, he did puppet work for The Happy Time Murders, a dark Henson-esque satire, and even returned to the fold for Dark Crystal and Fraggle Rock reboots. 
Dinosaurs was a Henson co-production, despite his having died a year prior. He'd been developing the series since 1988. The show used animatronics to make the characters more lifelike. This resulted in an expensive production. Pankin was quoted as hearing that it was the most expensive series on TV at the time. There's a whole universe of minor characters, including Unisars, generic dinos similar to Sesame Street's background figures, some of which are hand puppets and others are full size. Despite being targeted at families, the show got into issues such as LGBTQ rights, steroid use, drug abuse, racism, and rights of indigenous peoples. One episode directly makes light of religion, with the town elders dictating potatoism, while another lampoons televangelists. The show ended with an apocalyptic finale. The Ice Age is coming, and it's the fault of industrial corporations. One species is wiped out that allows creeper vines to take over, and when Earl is given defoliant to take them all out, all plant life is destroyed. Clouds are artificially created to bring rain to get the plants to return, but it causes global cooling. The closing credits roll as snow begins to fall. Dinosaurs ran for four seasons and won an Emmy for art direction. You can watch it now on Disney, and that's where I went to view the finale. I consider the puppets rather creepy. The inciting incident is brought to us by a dino news team. The moral is rather heavy-handed and very depressing for a sitcom. Sunday Dinner premiered on CBS on June 2, 1991, at 8 p.m. A return to TV for Uber producer Norman Lear, whose last show, a.k.a. Pablo, had not done well, with only six airings, episode 120. Unfortunately, he didn't do any better this time. Robert Loggia stars as Ben, a 56-year-old widowed Long Island businessman who marries Titi, a 30-year-old environmental activist and attorney, Terry Hatcher. His kids are about T.T.'s age. Vicky, Martha Gammon, a divorcee and atheist, Kenneth, Patrick Breen, a yuppie and realtor, and Diana, Carrie Lizer, an airhead and follower of fad religions. Boy, they really set up a lot of archetypes here. Two of Ben's kids are against the marriage, assuming T.T. is a gold digger, although she's in a well-paying profession. Only Kenneth is in their corner. Marion Mercer plays Ben's sister, who runs the house, and Cheryl Appleby plays Vicky's daughter. We covered Terry Hatcher in episode 144 for Karen's Song, Patrick Breen on episode 152 for Just In Time, Carrie Lizer on episode 155 for The Van Dyke Show, Marion Mercer on episode 59 for Funny Face, and Cheryl Appleby on episode 159 for Night and Day. Robert Loggia served in the U.S. Army in Korea, then returned to study at the Actors Studio under Stella Adler. He made it to Broadway in The Man with the Golden Arm, which led to live TV dramas, Studio One, Playhouse 90, Westinghouse Desilu Playhouse, 
and a starring role on early Disney TV series The Nine Lives of El Fago Baca, later getting the lead on T.H.E. Cat. He did dozens of guest TV roles as well, later getting regular or recurring roles on Emerald Point NAS, Mancuso, FBI, with an Emmy nom, Wild Palms, and Queen's Supreme. Loja had a long career in films, The Greatest Story Ever Told, Shay, The Pink Panther Series, SOB, An Officer and a Gentleman, Scarface, Pritzi's Honor, Jagged Edge with an Oscar nom, Big, The Marrying Man, Gladiator, Independence Day, Lost Highway. Loja passed in 2015 due to complications from Alzheimer's. Martha Gaiman is the daughter of Estelle Parsons and had a short run on Days of Our Lives while appearing in films The Legend of Billie Jean, FX, A Kiss Before Dying, Father of the Bride, and Practical Magic. CBS had high hopes for Sunday dinner. It was from Norman Lear, after all. They attempted to goose ratings by re-airing episodes of All in the Family alongside it. Unfortunately, All in the Family grabbed most of the ratings, and Sunday Dinner was gone in only six episodes. One facet of the show was T.T.'s devout Catholicism. She would often have a one-sided talk with God, referring to him as the chief. Like many failed shows of major creators, this show has been scrubbed from the internet, with only a short promo and the opening theme available, part of a twofer with another failure, Sons and Daughters. It uses a ballad from Kim Carnes with intercut shots of the cast and old footage of classic families. Misty's can pick out shots from educational shorts they riffed. When you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, and the whole world smiles with you. And when you're laughing, when you're laughing, oh, you're laughing, oh, you're laughing, when the sun comes shining through, when you're crying, Man in the Family premiered on ABC on June 19, 1991, at 9.30. An ethnic comedy about an Italian family where the patriarch passes and his dying wish is asks his shady son, Ray Sharkey, to return and run the family grocery store. Julie Bavasso plays his mother, Leah Remini, his teenage sister, and Anne DeSalvo, his divorced sister, with son Billy L. Sullivan. Louis Gus played his sleazy uncle, and Don Stark played his buddy. We'll get to Leah Remini and Don Stark when we reach their better-known series. Ray Sharkey got into acting after seeing Jack Lemmon in Days of Wine and Roses. He enrolled at the HB studio while getting off-Broadway gigs. He moved to L.A. and made his film debut in The Lords of Flatbush. Other films, Who'll Stop the Rain, Paradise Alley, Scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills, The Idolmaker with a Golden Globe win. He had guest roles on TV from the mid-70s, but got a big break on Wise Guy. Unfortunately, he had an ongoing drug addiction, at one point a 5,000-a-day heroin habit, and spent time in rehab. He tested positive for HIV in the 80s and passed from AIDS complications in 1993. Julie Bavasso basically made a career out of being an Italian wife and mother. She was a regular on early soap From These Roots and appeared in films Saturday Night Fever and Staying Alive, The Verdict, Moonstruck, she was also the dialogue coach, Betsy's Wedding, and My Blue Heaven. 
Bavasso also started theater companies and was a playwright, winning the first Best Actress Obie for The Maids. She died of cancer only two months after Man in the Family. Anne DeSalvo had a run on Ryan's Hope along with Wise Guy and appeared in films Starting Over, Stardust Memories, Arthur, My Favorite Year, Compromising Positions, Radio Land Murders, and The Amati Girls. Billy L. Sullivan would go on to The Golden Palace and Something So Right, along with films Goodfellas, Little Big League, and Tank Girl. Louis Gus was a longtime character actor, definitely a face you would recognize. He was in several short-run Broadway shows and appeared in films The Godfather, Harry and Tonto, Nickelodeon, New York, New York, Highlander, Moonstruck, Slaves of New York, and TV's The Odd Couple and Maude, along with a ton of guest spots. Gus passed in 2008. Man in the Family only aired seven episodes before it got the axe. Possibly due to its generic title, I could only find the opening theme online, When You're Smiling by Louis Prima, with the lead moving from Vegas to Brooklyn. At the end of my day, on the highway, never do I roam. What on earth is sweeter than to greet her? Hi, honey, I'm home. That was once our theme song and the dream song. Hi, Honey, I'm Home premiered on ABC on July 19, 1991 at 9.30 p.m. A high-concept series, Mike, Pete Benson, a sitcom junkie, sounds familiar, is sad to see that his favorite show, Hi, Honey, I'm Home, has been canceled. He then discovers that his new next-door neighbors are the characters from the sitcom hanging out until the show hopefully returns to the air. Mike promises not to reveal their secret, which is pretty obvious. The stereotypical family members, Honey, Charlotte Booker, a 50s sitcom wife, Lloyd, Stephen C. Bradbury, a clueless dad, Babs, Julie Benz, the pretty daughter, Chucky, Danny Gura, the chubby son, Mike's mom, Susan Sella, is oblivious to what's happening next door. Mike's delinquent brother, Skunk, Eric Kushnick, uses Chucky in his schemes. Peter Benson went on to Broadway, State Fair, Cabaret, Wonderful Town, Boeing Boeing, Promises Promises, and The Mystery of Edwin Drood, along with TV series Oz and films Eyes Wide Shut, The Adjustment Bureau, and Joker. Benson is also a voiceover artist. Charlotte Booker also appeared on Broadway, Born Yesterday, and TV, Power, along with a lot of guest spots. Stephen C. Bradbury also is on Broadway, A Few Good Men, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, along with Law & Order SVU. He produced the series awkwardly. Julie Benz was originally an ice dancer, competing in the U.S. Junior Championships. A stress fracture ended that career, and she concentrated on acting. An acting coach told her she would never succeed, which just strengthened her resolve. After Hi, Honey, I'm Home and a number of TV guest spots, she auditioned for the lead on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Instead, she got the role of Darla. This kicked off a career in TV. Ask Harriet, Payne, Roswell, Angel, Desperate Housewives, Dexter, No Ordinary Family, A Gifted Man, Defiance, The New Hawaii Five-O, On Becoming a God in Central Florida, Love, Victor, 911 Lone Star, and films Inventing the Abbots, As Good as It Gets, The 2008 Rambo, and Saw Five. 
Danny Gura had already appeared in Parenthood and Problem Child 2 prior to the series. He would go on to be a regular on Superstore. Susan Sella is mostly known for her stage work in Broadway's Evita, Me and My Girl, The Graduate, and touring in multiple shows. She also appeared in The Astronaut's Wife. Eric Kushnick went on to a run on Pete and Pete, plus a number of TV guest spots and Broadway's Lost in Yonkers. Hi Honey, I'm Home had an interesting piece of scheduling. It aired on Fridays, part of ABC's TGIF, then aired again on Sunday on Nick at Night. ABC dropped it after six episodes, but it continued on to a second season on cable. The series used stunt casting when famous sitcom characters dropped by. Mr. Mooney, Gail Gordon, June Cleaver, Barbara Billingsley, Gomer Pyle, Jim Neighbors, Alice Nelson, Ann B. Davis, Georgette Baxter, Georgia Engel, Sally Rogers, Rose Marie. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is classic sitcom, as you would expect. The show is filmed with meta references. You must be the wacky neighbors. Are you from Springfield, Illinois, or Ohio? Uh-huh. The family was sent to their new home by the sitcom relocation program. The Nielsens can switch back to their black-and-white reality with the click of a remote. It takes Mike a while to figure out what's happening. We get a classic wacky cooking bit in the kitchen, plus a mix-up between Lloyd's boss and a homeless guy. More of 1991 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.